From COK Studios in Terry Gross's garden, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. On today's show, we'll consider an exclusive interview with the author of the New York Times op-ed about life inside the Trump White House. We'll also consider a compelling new true crime podcast that is bringing criminals to justice. And we'll consider that when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way, from your first cigarette to your last dying day. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from Zemed Radio Hour, the new podcast from actor and innovator Adrian Zemed. This week's episode is a conversation with the cast of Grease 2 about why that movie killed the career of everyone but Michelle Pfeiffer. And the Count Chocula Foundation, committed to helping vampires and other undead creatures cope with type 2 diabetes. Visit Ivan to test your blood, sugar.org for more information. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. Last week was one of the roughest yet for the Trump administration. The release of parts of an explosive new book by legendary Washington Post journalist Bob Woodward detailed the life inside a dysfunctional White House in which President Trump is an unpredictable boss not respected by top aides. The revelations in Woodward's book were just the beginning of a bad week for President Trump. On Wednesday, the New York Times editorial board published an op-ed from an unnamed senior official within the Trump administration that was critical of the president and revealed a series of steps that the president's senior aides are taking to, quote, frustrate parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations. The op-ed's author has remained secret, and most senior White House officials have come forward to say that it wasn't them that penned the scathing assessment of President Trump. Many have been critical of this person who would go public with their discontent, but not admit their identity. If it isn't a senior administration official, or someone of real importance, that could be problematic for the Times. But regardless, it does point to real dysfunction within Trump's inner circle. Consider Our Knowledge has been fortunate enough to get an interview with the author of the inflammatory op-ed, but just like in their piece for the Times, they wish to remain anonymous. Here now is Dinah's exclusive interview with the op-ed author from deep inside Trump's White House. In order to protect their identity, we have changed their voice to sound like a pimply-faced adolescent boy. We appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you. Why did you write the op-ed in the first place? Oh, well, it was out of concern for the country. I'm very worried about the way the president is conducting his business. And I wanted people to know that there are some of us that work closely with him that are trying to do the right thing. What kinds of measures have you and fellow staffers taken? Uh, We are just trying to protect the country from his worst impulses. You have no idea what he tries to do on a daily basis. Most of the really bad stuff people have no idea about. Like what? Well, he wanted to nuke the moon the other day because he said tides were stupid, so we distracted him with Fox and Friends for three hours. Oh, a few weeks ago, he caught all angry and called the president of Mexico to tell him he was pulling out of NAFTA, but we gave him a different phone and had an aide impersonate the Mexican president instead. <sighs> that sounds very stressful. Why stay anonymous? Oh, I, I can't come forward. It's too dangerous. It would endanger everything that Jared and I have built. I can't go out and find a real job now. Oh, wait, ignore that last comment. Sure. What are the next steps for you after this op-ed? Uh, 
trying to keep my father from completely ruining the country and running our family name into the ground. Some of us still might want to sell handbags and stuff. Oh, I see. Well, uh, wait, wait, you you can edit that last part out, right? Uh, I don't want my idiot brothers to tattle to our dad. He'd never listen to public radio, but they might. Oh, your secret is safe with me. Thank you. I wish I didn't have to be the one to do this, but I can't trust Jared to do anything. He's too weak and stupid. Why are all the men in my life complete idiots? I hear you. Thank you for the time today. You're welcome. And you're sure nobody knows it was me? Oh, not at all, Miss Trump. That was my interview with the anonymous op-ed author from within the White House. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Now we turn to true crime. There's a boom in true crime podcasts, documentaries, and radio programs right now. The fad started a few years ago with Serial and Making a Murderer, but many others have followed in their footsteps with hard-hitting, compelling, and entertaining shows. We here at COK have the first look at a new true crime podcast that is both chilling and highly informative. Take a listen to this exclusive preview. It's... It's not easy living with a burden like this. I've had it for 20 years and it it never gets easier. It actually gets harder every single day. Harvey was my everything. Wanda Cameron met her husband Harvey in college at Pomona in California. In those days, they were carefree beach bums who spent their time surfing, smoking weed, and hanging out with friends. We just, we had so much fun, I think. That's what made me not notice the signs until it was way too late. Ah, it was only after they had been married for a couple of years that Wanda noticed the first signs that something was wrong with her little soulmate. He was was always so meticulous about everything, but I noticed that he was getting careless. It scared me so much. I didn't say anything because I loved him so much, but... I was dying inside. Oh, well, did you ever confront him? Oh, I tried. Oh, God help me, I tried. But I had to be careful, though, because I knew I could set him off and it would make things so much worse. Oh, God, and it got worse. So much worse. Especially after we had the twins. Ah, well, I want you to tell us all about it. You know, if it's not, if it's not too painful. Oh, God, I don't even know where to start. He looked like a different man, not like the carefree, beautiful boy I fell in love with. Oh, what do you mean? I look fine. No, you don't. I've told you a thousand times, you can't wear socks with sandals, especially brown ones. Oh, yes, you can. I saw a guy at the beach doing it just the other day. And what What about this? My fanny pack? I, I, I see the kids wearing them. They're cool now. The kids wear them, ironically, Harvey. What? What? No, 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 they don't. They're cool. Dun, dun. In the world of true fashion crimes, Harvey is guilty AF. I'm stylist to the stars Peter Grigio, and over the coming months, we'll be uncovering the most heinous fashion crimes in the world. Crimes that have torn families apart and made men and women fugitives of their own unflattering and disgusting wardrobes. Seriously? 
I look cool. Oh, Harvey. Harvey, no. If fashion was a person, you shot her in the face at point-blank rage with a bazooka. I've seen some bad fashion crimes, but you need to be put away for life. What? what my, my shorts? What's, no. what's the problem? No. I was told they were flattering. Oh, who told you? I don't even know where you could... I didn't... Ah! I didn't even know who you could buy pleated denim cargo shorts. And yet, there they are, staring right at me. Can you help him, Peter? I can only help him if he'll help himself. Uh, come on, my t-shirt's hilarious. With a shirt like this, who needs pants? Get it? It's classic. <laughs> oh my god! I'm calling the police. Harvey's story is just the tip of the iceberg. We'll delve deep into dark and disturbing fashion crimes, like a woman who wore nothing but white after Labor Day. That's not even winter white, Joan! Or the haunting tale of Mumu Mona. That one will make the hair on the back of your neck stand up permanently. So join me, Peter Grigio, for my new true crime podcast, Style Corpse. We'll put fashion in a body bag. But a cute body bag, but it's like totally sensible, and it goes with everything. Dun, dun. Now it's time for this week's Big Little Wins. Our first Big Little Win comes from Tina Horton in Des Moines, who unloaded the rest of her giant zucchini to friends and coworkers last week. She's already made zucchini bread, zucchini casserole, zucchini pie, zucchini mush, and zoodles, and she couldn't bear to eat any more of them herself. Maybe don't plant as much zucchini next year, Tina. Congrats also to my close, personal friend, Emily Clausen who met her absolute favorite celebrity, actor David Tennant, last week. She was not able to say anything to him, but that didn't matter. She got her photo with him, and that's a big little win in our book. If you want to share a small win with us, post on our Facebook page or send us a tweet. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, visit considerourknowledge.com. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us for breaking news on Twitter at ConsiderOurKnow. If you'd like to download the podcast, you can subscribe at iTunes or at Stitcher.com. The COK team includes Emily Clausen, Hobart Willis, Natalie Thorpe, Marianne Wetzel, Jeremiah Knight, and Spencer Cannon. A special shout-out this week to Lorraine Newman. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. So join me, Peter Grigio, for the new... <laughs> join me! I'm drunk. <laughs> if only. <laughs> There's no excuse for you. Right. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs>